and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. And I am happy to be here with my co-host, Scott Capron and Bodan Yard. Welcome to what is our Kenyatta Walker episode, <laughs> the 67th edition of the Bucks Banter podcast. And in case anyone forgets, Kenyatta, Kenyatta the Pinata, was a first-round pick of the Buccaneers in 01, 14th overall out of the University of Florida. Uh, he was drafted to be a left tackle, but switched over to the right side, helped the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl on that right side. Um, solid, solid career, but probably not to the extent that any team who uses a top 15 pick on a player would hope for. Um, anyway, before we get going, <laughs> I just want to remind everyone to please subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Please rate and review the podcast. If you're listening to the show on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, we appreciate it. And while I'm at it, please make sure to check out BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's only website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is good, boys? Hey, man. It's been a been a while since these Bucks have played. Actually looking forward to a Sunday here to watch them uh, after a good result from the Germany game. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, so it was, I mean, it was a nice buy, but let's, uh, let's finish it out yeah. strong like the Bucks are I'm supposed kidding. to, right? Yeah, I mean, you guys know my confidence, right? I, I don't have a game to like waver my confidence, so it's probably starting to teeter upwards. Coming off, <laughs> oh my god, coming off back to back wins for the first time since week two. There uh, you go, and week one. So uh, anyway, that is a positive, though. Let's be real; it is, man. And um, yeah, the league's open, dude. I'm telling you, like it's- this NFC especially, but the whole league. And we've talked about that a little bit in previous episodes, but it. Man, if you get hot at the right time this year, it could happen for a lot of different teams. I truly believe yeah. that. I mean, there's yeah. been a lot of shitty football going on, at least compared to what we thought. And uh, I think that plays in the Buccaneers' favor, obviously, because they haven't uh, been playing well at all uh, over I the course of the season. Totally agree, dude. And um, it's funny just with the way it shakes out, right? Because, you know, a lot of people before the season understandably would have had the Packers as a playoff team or a potential or playoff team at least, potential division winner. Same thing for the Rams in their division in the West, so the, the North and the West. And uh, even though Tampa lost to Green Bay, and they lost to the Rams, right? Am I remembering that Yeah, right? yeah, they did yeah. Without, without Evans or Godwin. Yeah, and lost to the Rams, but because of their, like, their division composition, they've been able to just keep their head above water or actually directly at water level at, at 500 but they're in such a better position, right? And it's just, you got to take advantage of the breaks when you get them, especially in this league, because it's so hard. And um, like like we talked about the parody this year, and like Colin, you just said the shitty football, it's catching up to everyone. You just yeah. got to be playing playing well enough at the right times. And as frustrating as this team has been, and oh my God, have they ever been, uh, there's still a green light on this season. Like they, they can, they can do something here. That's for sure. And I like, I actually like the Eagles and the Niners a ton in the NFC. I, I really do. Maybe not as much as I like the chiefs and the bills in the AFC, but you know, it's there Win this division, host a playoff game. And then we'll, and then we'll see how it shakes off from there. Right. So anyway. And with those, 
you know, there's parallels to be drawn between a couple of disappointing, a few disappointing NFC teams. And I think those are all led by veteran, high quality career quarterbacks in Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Matt Stafford and the Rams. And then, of course, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Um, and out of those three teams, I'm I'm most optimistic with Tampa Bay's outlook. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's funny because they lost to both of those teams. Totally, yeah. Well, they didn't lose. They no, yeah, they the beat the Rams. They oh, beat they the beat Rams. the Rams. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, they beat the. But it was a. Uh, they needed, you know, they needed every, the last 44 seconds of the game to do it. They needed yeah, everything they to beat the Rams, and nobody else has needed much to beat the Rams lately. And they didn't beat the Packers, right? And obviously, we've seen Green Bay struggles. Sorry, I forgot that game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel you know, horrendous. It, they they usually, in your defense, they usually lose to the Rams. Yeah, so. that's yeah. true. It's just funny that despite those results and um, and everything and some pluckiness week to week being shown by teams in their division, but then obviously, like I said, maybe for one week they're popping up. You can see Carolina play well, although that might have just been against the Bucks. Actually, now that I think about it, the time that they played well, right? And Atlanta's kind of interesting, but nope, none of those three teams are any good. New Orleans, New Orleans, an infirmary unit, right? Like they've been just decimated by injury, which is actually kind of too bad, not from a Bucks banter perspective, because we would prefer if the other three teams were always very injured here. But uh, but I yeah, the Saints just haven't been what we expected. And um I don't know. I can't believe they're in a position to host a playoff game, I guess is what I'm saying. I know there's still seven games left, but holy shit. And I know we're not trying to talk all about the NFC, but you mentioned the Saints. I am just hornswoggled by the fact (laughs) that the Saints have not gone to Jameis Winston. Yeah, like, well... Like he What's must be quoting? so bad in practice. He has to be st- like that's the only explanation. He has to be. Andy but, Dalton is but, not good. But in games, Jameis has been way better than Dalton. Not even comparable. And going back to yeah. last year, like I, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't explain it honestly because yeah, and it's and Dalton has not been good. And the record mm-hmm. is, it's not like he's somehow kept them at six and five, and he's got like a two to one touchdown. Like he's been, I guess he's been in Andy Dalton. Right, like isn't oh, he, it? He, he's been peak Dalton, peak Dalton. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess they just are going with continuity. I, I think it's bizarre that Jameis hasn't gotten another shot. Yeah, um, but let's let's just backtrack a little bit because we didn't go live last week uh, following that game in Munich, and I don't want to talk about it at length because we're moving forward over here. But twenty-one uh, sixteen victory over the Seahawks in Munich, and main takeaways for me are the Bucks finally scoring some touchdowns. That felt great to see. Two in the first half. Um, I did predict that, uh, I thought it was about to ha- it was finally going to happen. At least it did against a solid Seahawks team. Um, and it was kind of Rashad White's coming out party. I would say as well, he helped them mm. steal that victory running the rock with a, with the ferocity and, um, athleticism. We haven't exactly seen from Lenny and, uh, the O-line did a good job too. They were on some heroes in that game. So, I mean, I know it got close and it got dicey at the end, but a big Tom Brady pick was what caused it, which if anything was to let him back in the game, I'd rather it be an error on Tom Brady's part um, because that's someone I'm not really worried about in any capacity, right, of anyone on the team. So I was pleased with with the result. That's for damn sure. And I was more pleased with the fact that they were finally putting the ball in the end zone a little bit. doesn't seem like a lot, but 21 points for this 2022 Bucks team is... Uh, Isn't that unbelievable, though? Like, yeah. seriously, it yeah. felt like they were absolutely firing on all cylinders offensively relative to what we've seen in its 21 points. Now there is a killer, the, the Lenny interception, obviously I think was 
either in the red zone. The, the pick might have been in the in the red zone. It might have been thrown on like the Seattle 30 or something like that. But um, you know, that's more points off the board. And I think Tampa missed a field goal. My my midseason MVP suck up missed a field goal <laughs> yeah. in the first quarter, right? So yeah, they did leave sad. some meat on the bone. And I know we can kind of um, you know, joke about the fact that 21 points is an out is an offensive uh, explosion for them, but it did look a lot better. I mean, Rashad White, right? Game ball. What can you Game say? Ball. Slicing and dicing. Slicing and dicing, setting up play action, which is what they need to go to. And, you know, it looked a lot better. It looked a lot crisper. I don't know if it was the German beers or, I don't know, some sort of pretzel situation. But they just – it did for – you know, all jokes aside, it looked better. It really did. Now, they still kind of beat their head into the – into uh into a wall on first down relative to other teams, but it didn't seem as bad for themselves compared to other weeks that we've watched them this year. And talking to Rashad White, uh, for anyone who watches GMFB, Good Morning Football, the illustrious scepter presented by Kyle Brandt each week for the angriest run, the angry run scepter, mm-hmm. uh, is was back in Tampa. For Rashad White earned that for that uh, long run in the fourth quarter where he – he uh, emphatically finished the run by with a nasty stiff arm to yeah. Quandre Quandre Diggs. That was, that was a, awesome. That was dope. so sick. Yeah, I was sick. gonna say slicing and dicing doesn't do justice to that stiff arm because yeah, that, that stiff arm was nasty. Force. Yeah, that was, was sick. Um, now coming away from that game, just some injury update updates coming off the bye week. You know, I'm hoping guys like Julio are are another week healthier. I'm hoping um, Akeem Hicks is feeling better. He's played two games since returning. Like, those are big in- injuries that we need to be getting right. Same goes for Godwin getting better. But uh came out today, Vita Vea is not practicing right now with a foot injury. Um, he was handing out turkeys and stuff today. He looked fine. He looked jovial. So, like, I feel like it's not that big of a concern, but I don't know. It's kind of weird that – the week after the bye week, we're hearing about a foot injury. Not ideal. The big fella's I, been balling out. I really hope they're just giving out. him as much time as possible. <clears throat> yeah, and, and maybe it's stupid of me to read into the fact that I'm seeing he's out there handing turkeys, like having fun and shit. But I do feel like if he's dealing with like a foot injury or something, then he should be getting treatment 24-7 like, um, instead of being on his feet all day. So maybe I'm reading too much into it. But Dude, I'm hey, I don't understand injuries at all. I don't understand why they have to announce on Thursday if a guy's playing or not. I, like, to, what if this someone feels better by Sunday? I just don't get it how it works in the NFL. To be completely <laughs> honest, it's like a huge blind spot for me. But anyways, I mean, Vita Vea would be pretty nice to have in the middle of that uh, that line against this uh, Browns yeah. running game, right? So let's hope he's let's hope those turkeys are giving him the the workout that he needs to to be ready for Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, Vez, we all know what Vita Vez is, his importance to this defense. Um, and then Russell Gage, still not practicing with a hamstring injury. Been a tough look for Russ his first year here. Um, and he's had a lot of opportunity. I mean, you mentioned the Green Bay game earlier, Scott. He had 12 receptions in that game. Like, that was his one Jesus. standout game. Uh, but there was no one else to throw the damn ball to. So, anyway, hoping he – like. Get the hamstring taken care of. Don't come back too early and end up back on the shelf like has happened with him and – uh, Julio, for that matter. Luke Gadecki is is resumed practice, so I'm not sure if that's good news. Um, <laughs> it, it could be good news for depth, I guess. <laughs> but, like, 
I feel know, like he lost, he's lost his spot for sure. Well, point. you sure as hell hope so because they haven't necessarily outright uh, announced that. And I yeah. think that's that's ruffled some feathers amongst Tampa Bay fans because everyone just wants them to say um, Nick Leverett's our starter because he has earned that right. And there's cool. not even a doubt in the world about it. Um, I don't want to keep hammering the same nail. But, yeah, Gadecki, he's got to – He's got to sit on the pine for the rest of the year, um, barring injury or whatever. So, because they the offensive line unit was the unsung heroes of that Seahawks game, mm-hmm. and I don't like they, they were fantastic, and they're grading out better than you think too. So, anyway, they were awesome. They played so well. It was, yeah. it was great to see. Yeah, and Donovan. No one was talking about Donovan Smith's elbow, his hyperextension. He hyperextended his elbow first week of the year, I believe, against Dallas. He missed some time. That was a big hit having thrust Hainsey and Gadecki into those starting roles. So, you know, when the Bucks were stumbling um, at that point of the season, I mean, not having him fully healthy to kind of help protect those guys was an issue. I think he's back healthy, which is going to help a lot. Um, and then, you know, Tristan Wirfs remains his dominant self. And Shaq Mason was phenomenal against the Seahawks. Like, he's known as a mauler in the run game. Um, yeah. and I, I would say that was his best game as a Buccaneer. Mm-hmm. So just to break it down specifically along the O-line. Speaking of which, no updates regarding Ryan Jensen, the most mysterious injury in the history of not just professional sports, but the world continues. <laughs> um, so we don't, we have not been told. The, I mean, he obviously tore his ACL or some shit, but I yeah. don't know why they wouldn't just announce that. And then if he comes like, back, it's miraculous and impressive. Like, why can't we know the exact injury? Like, what's the secret? I, I have no idea. Once again, yeah. bleed the fifth. I have yeah. no fucking idea how this works. Like, just tell us. Yeah. Well, Lack of what's cons- the difference? Yeah, like you're saying, like, there's no consistency. There's no consistency in like how what the rules are. Like, do they not have to disclose an injury? I don't know. I know. It's weird. Or it's like in the NHL in the playoffs, the lower they body. Just say either lower body or upper body. It's like okay, yeah. well, so is it their legs or not? Like that's pretty much what it comes down to. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> And another Buccaneer who has been on the shelf, who has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle, or he's, you certainly haven't heard him talked about, at least not here on the Bucks Banter podcast, uh, but a guy who, who's done some work in the league, and, and I don't think more competition could hurt in that backfield, and that's Giovanni Bernard. Um, he can be back. Adds a little bit of depth, like I said, a little bit of competition, um, and an experienced player who's good in pass pro, and he's a great receiver out of the backfield. He has not been effective as a Buccaneer yet, aside from a few spurts. I thought he'd be a little more valuable to the team last year. He was nicked up. He's an older guy. He's been in the league nine years, I think. Um, he's got. Do like, you have a piece up? Yes. On him? Yeah. 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 I threw a little piece up on Geo coming back. So I was just trying yes. to remember some of the numbers. I think he has like 55 career touchdowns, like half of those through the air, half running. Like he's, you know, he's just a solid vet who I think could help yeah. help the team and uh, potentially who knows how much, but. They haven't used Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn, right? Like aside from the one game, he got some some burn last game. So I could see uh, I could see Gio getting some looks there. Anyway, um, so looking ahead, apparently, apparently, guys, I don't know if you heard this. Someone broke into First Energy Stadium the other night, which is in Cleveland, and vandalized the field with a golf cart or motorized vehicle of some <laughs> sort. Which is where the Bucks are scheduled to face off against the Browns this Sunday at 1 p.m. So all I have to say to that is only in Cleveland. It's a hell of a senior prank, if I've like, ever heard one. I guess you could say only in Florida too, right? Yeah, you could yeah. probably say that. That's how'd they get on the field? Like how'd they get... oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. 
He kind of, honest, obviously, he kind of respected a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, like he'll okay. figure it out. It's not, it's not irreversible. I'm sure. Yeah, maybe it was LeBron. I was golfing one time, and the it was the tenth hole, and the green was just completely cut up by like tire tracks. It's like you have to be <laughs> such an asshole to go and do that. And it that whole it was like it ran right beside the road. You could see how you could like easily get on. Anyway, just reminded me of that. Like, what what are people doing? But yeah, so a little update on the Browns. They're sitting at three and seven right now, and um, they a sneaky three and seven, sneaky three and seven. But the problem is, Bo, they've lost six of their last seven yeah. overall, right? So that hurts them. But they've been in games, and they've been in games. You know, they're a lot better than two of the teams who have beat the Bucks this year. That's for sure. Um, in Pittsburgh <clears throat> and, and Carolina, and um. Like for example, Bo, one of their wins was a thirty-two to thirteen drubbing of the Bengals in Week Eight, yeah. right? So even, even last abs- week, even last ahead, week though. against the Bills, it felt like it felt like the Bills were going to fumble that. You know what I mean? Like it, it really felt like once Cleveland gets up like ten points on you or whatever it is, like a full yeah. touchdown or something, it seems like their defense is just like it's built to pass rush, like and do that like very effectively. I mean, like, any any team with Garrett, you would think is yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's like it's built to pass rush, and it's built to just milk the clock with that running game with Nick Chubb. And I know Nick Chubb didn't have like an incredible game, but it was weird. He'd have like these huge negative plays, and then just like some kind of big runs, and then just wouldn't set up in the show up in the, uh, the stat sheet that he was having a good game, but he was a threat the whole game. So, dude's um, always like, a threat. He was a threat with a freshly torn ACL, like. He's yeah. just such a steady workhorse in this league, man. Nick Chubb appreciation. I don't know how you don't like that guy. He's one of my favorite pro athletes, I think. Just like the way he goes about his business quietly. Yeah, yeah. Like no flash. Just yeah. every week. Just grind yeah. the shit out of opponents. Even the way he just sets up before plays where he's just like kind of standing there. And like he he almost has like this tell. Like if his hands are on the on his pants, like he's not getting the ball. But if he's just standing there normally, you know he's getting the ball. And it's just like it just feels the way that he just goes about his business is a perfect way of putting it. He just is a workhorse and just like throw him the ball, like yeah. hand him the ball, and he's just going to get you five to six yards. I actually sure. like the spot though, playing the Browns this week because yeah, they've been competitive, but they were also disgusting two weeks ago against Miami. And even True. they needed a late fury this past. I know the Bills are exceptional and so are, maybe the Dolphins are as well, but they needed a late flurry to, to make that a one score game right and i don't know they just they seem like a potential dead man walking team pre deshaun coming back like i actually think it's a pretty good spot not i'm not even necessarily talking about the x's and o's matchup i just like the spot of coming off a bye um versus this team who's shown flashes but they've also shown like flashes of competence but they've also shown flashes of like we quit as well oh, yeah. so i think it's I mean, this is, uh, you know, low-hanging fruit. But if Tampa can get off to a good start and go up 10 nothing in the first quarter, for example, I just think that goes a long way. It limits what how many times Chubb can really tote it, right? And um, that's what you're going to need to do, in my, in my opinion, in this game. Shout-out to uh, Giovanni Zuzio 
uh, on watching us on YouTube. Yes, I think the Buccaneers can win the Super Bowl again. There he is. The title of the episode, Can the Bucks Become Contenders Again? We weren't even going that far. We were just saying contenders. But uh, Let me just see where your phone is, Colin. Is that that like an alias or something? Yeah, exactly. I I, I would use that as my real name. And (laughs) it's just a way cooler name. I was thinking it could have been Gio Bernard's. Oh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there's some sort of uh, Giovanni relation there. I think I don't think that's really how it works, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so anyway, in terms like thankfully for Browns fans, though, I mean, the Jaco- the Jacoby Brissett era will soon be coming to a close. And thankfully for Bucks fans, that won't happen until week 13 after this week where Deshaun Watson will be eligible to return. Um, and I think the Browns are going to look like a completely different team at that point. Um, quick, almost- quick sidebar. Jacoby Brissett seems like an awesome dude. A great yeah. interview, answers every question. People love him. Seems like just a smart, like, great teammate. And I think he's a pretty good quarterback, honestly. Like, he's not terrible. He's, he's definitely not terrible. There's he's a, a lot of drop, ball, drop balls on that team, on that, uh, in that Cleveland second. Yeah. Wide and I think he's going to end up playing in the league. I don't, you know, how many games he starts, but like, for 12 or 12 years or something like that, just because he's smart and, and able to go into a game when needed. Just a quick thing. I really like Jacoby Brissett. I, I, I think it's fair, man. I think he's a really good backup and that isn't meant to be a negative or a slight in any way. Like think of how valuable, how good you feel when you have a good backup who could come oh in and God. manage the game. Right. Cause Bo, yeah, you were just mentioned it. Like, they don't have enough firepower on the outside. Yeah. It's either if Amari Cooper gets going, like, I mean, people's Jones has had a couple of nice games recently. Um, and in Joku at, at times, but they need more firepower um, at the receiver position to balance that run game and really take that. That's what's so sorry to keep coming back to Nick Chubb, but that's what's so impressive about their run game is literally the boxes are as stacked as they are against anyone in the league, and um, he they just continue to produce in that yep. that element of the game. So, um, but yes, anyway, the uh, I, Deshaun Watson though, I mean, you know, we've talked plenty about you know what he did and why he's been suspended and how shitty of a guy he is. But as a football player, he is a miraculous talent as far as like, he's unbelievable. And that wide receiver room might have enough firepower for Deshaun Watson. Are you kidding me, man? Look what he was working with in Houston. Like, yeah, he was was winning playoff games with the most pathetic cast. Like, yeah. Even the post DeAndre Hopkins era, he was a threat every Sunday. He is, totally, he is like the real deal. I, I I watched that game for a little while, um, just trying to do like my little Bucks like recon work. But uh, <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson returned to practice, and he was basically doing like the Josh Allen impression, just being like the mock quarterback for them. And they were just like this. This is why, like, they're like, this is why we got off to a good start. Like, this yeah. is it yeah. was identical, basically. Yeah. They were like, he did a really good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's yeah. good at this. Yeah. yeah. But despite yeah. the fact that, like, you know, the Jacoby Brissett, they, they technically have the uh, third highest PFF grade for their overall offense. And I think, again, comes yeah. back to the Chubster because they have a oh, yeah. 90.4 run grade by PFF. Mm. So um, is that and- including last week? Because, like, they were horrendous on the on the ground. Yes, this is up to date. I just checked. That's actually. Wild. I just yeah. Because, uh, like, yeah. They Even had more 80, 80 yards on the run on the ground last week. Yeah. Like they they are. Uh, it was a dumpster fire from the running game last week, and like uh, yeah, Jacoby Jacoby Brissett stepped up and like they got out to a big lead on on uh, Buffalo. Um, so, but then yeah, I, I like it. Sorry, not to, but like 
and that's against the Bills, whose run defense isn't good. But then with the Bills being able to flip the script and just turn it into a two-score game despite being down, yeah. I think, 10, right? Yeah. Then that changes everything What everything that the Browns want, want to do. So kind of a chicken in the egg, I think, in that scenario because Bills' run defense, not good. But if they get a few stops, then they know that their offense is going to be able to score and actually give them a lead, right? So that, was, like- an, that was a weird game. That was a weird game. Really weird I mean, game, but like that's 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 what I'm talking about. Is like, are the Bucks prepared to do that in a game? Or do you, would we feel comfortable about the Bucks coming back from a two down, two scores down against the Browns? You know what I mean? Oh like, my God, no! Like that's no. like that's the type of stuff where it's just like maybe you like do you have explosive? That's how you lose lose these types of games. How you lose yeah. to a Pittsburgh or to a well, well let's fit, or that, Carolina, that's what... you know. I mean, and taking it back to the Germany game, Tampa dominated the game. They were totally. by far the better team. Punched and they first, won the game, too. They won the game by five. Like, yeah. that's it. That's why, you know, laying big numbers more than a touchdown, not that that's the line in this Tampa-Cleveland game, but it's just so hard to do. Every coach wants to win by exactly one point, right? And, like, that was a thorough domination in that game, and it was 21-16, right? So, like – one more play goes their way for Seattle, for example, let's say, and they could have won the game. So I think it's so huge for Tampa to get off to a good start in this game against Cleveland for multiple reasons, for tangible in-game reasons. And also, like, can we see it? Be yeah, aggressive yeah. so that you can run the ball later if you have to, right? Like, get out to a lead. Make it easier for yourself. That's what I'm really hoping to see this week. I'm yeah, actually I, pumped I, to watch. I, I always thought it was dumb when during the Bucks Super Bowl run about pretty much their whole run after the week nine by or whatever it was um they lost that game to Chicago where Brady didn't know what down it was then they had a buy and then they came out firing and um what Bruce Arians his you know no risk it no biscuit approach uh he start. I noticed he started um, not deferring, accepting the ball to start the game whenever they would win the coin toss. And obviously, if the other team won the coin toss, they would defer. So the Bucks were starting. They wanted to start with the ball every single game. Yeah. And I was kind of like, that's fucking dumb. Like, I'd rather start in the second half. But anyway, they won every damn game. And that's why I knew yeah. in the Super Bowl they were going to they were going to re- receive the ball to start, actually. And it was like even money, which was the lock of the century. Um <laughs> But my point is like that whole like I kind of now miss that that mentality being there like like yeah. let's take the fucking ball and go score, um and and that's kind of what they've been missing. So that's just my way of like echoing what you're saying, Scott. I totally agree yeah. with the mindset thing, and they gotta come out and be aggressive right away. And um yeah, that is what it is. You can only say it so many times. Now, no, and I agree. I sorry, I agree. I would ge- genuine or generally prefer to have the ball to start the second half but if i'm trying to kind of send a message like we're going to go out there and it's going to be we're going to go for on an eight play five minute drive to start this game we're going to we're going to start the game basically up seven nothing right we're four or five minutes into the game and we're up seven nothing let's fucking do that then like let's try that but i i get it i hear you and just one more thing about the munich game that i didn't mention is that I think we, we need to mention because of how much he is maligned in the local media and by us at times as well for how he plays based on how talented he is. And da- Devin White was unreal in that yeah. game. Yeah. He won player of the week. His father had just died unexpectedly. Um, and he was in, he's incarcerated in Louisiana. So I don't know how long he's been 
in the bin for at that point. But anyway, he was like having chest pains and then they were transferring him to a medical facility or sorry, he was having back pain, really bad back pain. And then he died and they couldn't revive him. And this is Devin White found out on the team bus to the airport to leave to Munich. So like, holy shit, like losing a parent is one thing to be completely blindsided by it out of nowhere and find out in that scenario. Like I can't imagine how hard that was and how all the shit that was going on in his mind. But not only did he make the damn trip, he went and he balled out for his dad. And I just think he deserves a major tip of the cap for that. hundred percent. Good. Unbelievable. That's yeah. Not not to toot your horn again, too. I've, uh, I've seen the tweets. So it's another really good piece you got going on at a bucks game day as well. Thank you both. Thank you, man. Yeah. That one, that one, I, you you guys know me and Devin way. Like I've been, you know, know, I I will I will call him out as I have written about when he's struggling, but I also still believe in his talent. And I just think in addition to the the heavy heart he was playing with, I think like he's been taking a lot of shit too, deservedly so. Um so I'm just happy. And for handling him. it really well as yeah. well. Yeah. Honestly, totally. like he could have folded like after that Ravens game, he could have folded pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he hasn't done any Zach Wilson shit. Like no, definitely not. Yeah, did you have any role in that loss? No, get live. No, he's just he went out and played like a beast. And when he plays like that, he's such a force. He yeah. his he's like me on the golf course, Scott. He is <laughs> he is like the best of the best. Not saying that to me, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, or I the mean, worst. Like, he, he, there's no in between. There's no in between. Yeah, that I okay. You, you guys are built similarly, and yes, I get that. Um, <laughs> I think that's where the comp. No, no, I you got to see, see me saying. golf. You got to see me golf, folks. I see what you're saying for sure, but seriously though, good for him. Um, you know that's so. It's so funny, like just picturing Colin if he ever actually gets to meet Devin White. Like you know how you, if you listen to a podcast for a long time, you feel like you know the co-host or whatever. And I feel like if you get to meet them and be like trying to get in on inside jokes, I think Colin would just go up, shake his hand and be like, listen, man, we got to talk. Like, like we got to, we got to hash some of this shit out. <laughs> we got a lot to go over. Right. So uh, and I'd like okay. to be there for that. Yeah. Well, let's, let's discuss now the title of the episode. Okay. Do the bucks have what it takes to be contenders again? Can they become contenders again? And if they do, and I believe they can, I absolutely do. What do, what needs to happen for them to be contenders again? Do either of you have a specific one in mind? We can we can shoot around the horn and discuss each other's. But does anyone want to lead with? Well, no, one of you lead. Bo, go go ahead. Yeah, okay. uh, I was gonna say, I do think, um, I think what comes down like the thing that stuck out to me from the Munich game um, was off- obviously the offensive line's uh, performance. And I think the running game has a big part in that. Um, I think Brandon Staley said this last year in some presser, just getting a question asked about the run game and it opening up the pass. He basically shot it down, which has been shot down with like football, like data analytics for seasons, years now that you, you don't really need to run the ball to pass the ball. You don't, you don't have any more success in your play action game because you're running the ball more often and things of that sort. But there is something to be said about the physicality of football and the play-to-play nature of a, of a defense, knowing that they're not going to get hit or like five out or like seven out of the 12, uh, 11 guys are not going to get hit on a pass play or just mm-hmm. are not going to have that physicality introduced to them. Um, 
I think when you see that offensive line coming off the ball, whether it's a pass play into pass protection or it's into the run game and going out and hitting guys, I think that's huge. And that's the thing that just kind of sticks out to me from that game. There's a level of confidence that comes along with running the ball effectively and being able to get those uh, get those yards and and burst burst plays on the ground. Um, I think I saw it way more from Rashad White, and I felt way more way better about the running game with him handling the rock. Not that mm-hmm. Lenny had a horrible game in in Germany at all, but it was a different a different vibe when you saw Rashad White with the ball. That's for sure. Just more um, dynamic. So much more dynamic, and it it just felt like a threat. Honestly, I feel like Lenny, when he does get a longer run, it's like despite the way that he started the run. Whereas as soon as Rashad White touches the ball, you're just like, oh, shit, this this might be 20. This might be 40. This might be 15. This might be 6. It it feels like it could be a positive play every time he touches it, which is huge. Um, But, yeah, I think what it it does for the physicality of the game – and just kind of setting the tone is just can't be understated. So I think there's a commitment to the run game that's going to need to happen and is going to happen if we know Byron Leftwich by now. Regardless, that's going to happen. But I think being able to do it effectively is going to be like yes or no on the contender title for for the Bucks. honestly. Yeah, two things about that I want to just say on that. Um, the crazy thing about like Rashad Wright, white breaking out is like we haven't even seen him as a pass catcher yet like, yeah in his best in the best role for him because he's, he's an every down back the best version that, yeah, I, I think he's he is an every down back I, 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 I there's no doubt in my mind now that's his elite skill is as, yeah. a, as a pass catching running back that is his trump card compared to other prospects we've heard thor nystrom on this very show uh one of the best evaluators of college prospects dude lives breathes and sleeps college football prospects and he knows his shit and he's not afraid to go out on a limb and he said he's the, he's the best pass catcher in the draft undoubtedly for a running back and better than a bunch of receivers so yeah, high praise there wild. the other thing is i think because fans have been so like not just fans media everyone who covers the tampa Bay buccaneers have just been so annoyed with the narrative of oh you got to run the ball that old school thing that we've almost beat it down to a pulp where it's like okay Running the ball is still matters. Like, there's oh my god, lots of like, there's a reason you know teams still need to run the football, and I think your point emphasizes that or brings that back back up because it is Dude, important. And you see what happens. You see how yeah. you see how the offense works. Like the Seattle game is the perfect example. It's and it, he was basically like the to blow out the Brandon Staley con like quote was basically like you have to force these guys that are in the secondary on the second level of defense, the linebackers, like they have to play blocks and they have to tackle somebody. Mm -hmm. Every time you run the ball, they have to do that. So when you run, when you pass a ball, like when you pass the ball, whether it's completed or not, they don't necessarily have to do that. Or a majority of the guys don't necessarily have to do that. So it's, there's something to that. And like the thing that sticks out in my head, which is like, I don't want to, drag on Devin White anymore but like that Ravens game when Tyler Linderbaum gets to the second level and just drives him for 15 yards like Mm. that that is like a very uncomfortable place for a linebacker to get to and it's just like they're thinking about that for the rest of the game so if you go out there and you just nail a guy even if it's a two-yard run and you're able to set the tone physically with the run game I think you you don't get the chance to do that when you're passing the ball as much as you do when you're running the ball. So 
Um, it just puts defenders, especially guys that are past defense specialists or um, guys who are just kind of picking their way with like pass rushing and things of that sort. It puts them on their heels a little bit. And that's yeah. the big thing about running the ball to me. Go ahead. But you're, so, Bo, you're thinking like a big part then of the success is just like instilling their will on a game, right? Totally. Like that's – which is – I agree. They just suck at running the ball. That's my thing. That's but my like, – it's like – I don't think it ma- – if you, if you suck at running the ball, but you're – like I think it's more like – I want my offensive lineman to go out there and hit people hard. I want Chris Godwin to go in and hit someone hard. I want I want the Lenny play where he's able to just go and nail Micah Parsons. Like I it's the physicality that's the thing and I think you get more opportunities to do that from the running game. That's, um yeah. That's fair, but what how, how what else do you need to see from the start of the season? They might just sure. not be able to do it. He needs that's to see more Rashad. He needs to see but more Rashad I, I need White. To see, like that, but I don't. I think that's the like. I think one is more Rashad White, but I think that's the thing. Like, if we're talking about if you're going to be a contender, I think you need to be able to control the game and the tone of the of the game and be the person that's hitting them first. Like, I think that's the thing that the Bucks are going to need to do and like get out to leads. Like, that's. I think that all comes back from like the running game of having like a legitimate running game that people are scared of. Or at least are threatened by. Like I, yeah. I like the idea of like I think I brought this up in the podcast before. Like when they ran that wildcat play, I was like, I was on my feet in my living room, <laughs> just like so excited about that. But the first like, one, obviously, well, the first yeah, one, the first one, the first one. Obviously, <laughs> I don't want to see a run a wildcat play where Lenny's throwing the ball ever, ever throwing ever, it to ever. Tommy B. Exactly. So. um but there's there's something to be said. Like as soon as you see Leonard Fournette under center, you know you're going to get hit if you're the defense. Somebody's going to somebody is going to hit you 100 percent of the yeah, time. Yeah, but they're expecting that. Like this is the NFL. They're I don't. I don't think anyway. they're. I really don't think that they do. Like I think when you are able, like the the base defense in the NFL now is a nickel defense because they're expecting the pass. I honestly think that's what it is. Not against Tampa. Think, Not against Tampa. Well, they're expecting it. Yeah. I guess that's true too. I get where you're coming. I do get where you're coming from. I'm just more concerned from a process results standpoint of they can't do it well enough for it to actually matter. That's but when they do it well, they win. Well, okay. Right. Like when they do it, like like that, that team in Germany, that team that showed up to the first half in Germany beats, I would say 90% of the league. Like they go into halftime with the lead over basically every team in the league. I can only I can only see like Kansas City being able to keep up with that. Like just from a time of possession standpoint, and just like it just felt like they were like the stronger, more dominant team in that first half. Like that's without true. a shadow of the doubt. So like if you can instill that into the way you start every single game, you're putting yourself into that contender realm. Like that's- if everybody knows that every time you go out to play a Tampa Bay Buccaneers, those first two quarters are just fucking hell. Because they're just running the ball over you. They don't care what defense you're in. They're going out and hitting you. Like, it's just annoying. And I think not only do they have, like, they have a commitment to the run game already, but they have the personnel to do this. Like, the their wide receivers, like the Chris Godwins, the Mike Evans of the world, they want to go out and hit guys. Like, the their, their tight ends want to go out and hit guys. Like, I can just, I just think that that's the way to get them, to get this team going, honestly. 
All right, I, let me let me spice this up. I'm gonna go next. Go, go for it. Mine is air it out on offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck. Like with that said, though, I can get behind. I like old school Bo. Like I like this. Like he wants the physicality imposed. I, I think a lot of it comes down to the offensive line as well. But there's I, no. Com- there's, I don't think you're gonna be able to air it out without having the threat of like, okay, we're running the ball and we're hitting you as like every single time. Fair. This is like we each we can each have our own here anyway, yeah. and I, it's not like I don't want them to I, to have both, and I don't think both help each other, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like contrary to Bo's point, I guess. Although I think having an effective run game is wonderful, and they go hand in hand. I still think the offense needs to put the ball in Tom Brady's hands and let him utilize the weapons he has on the outside to score points for this team. Like end of story. Like I want them to throw it a lot. I want them to embrace their what, what I think is their strength. Still, I mean. That, okay. that's yeah here's my okay here's my thing even if they were running the ball well i would still say they need to throw the ball more to be a contender to be a super bowl contender to win a couple different types of playoff games you know what i mean my thing is they don't run it well and i know it's been a lot of fournette and not white so i i i lean towards Collins' side just from like uh Hey, we know what we have from a receiver standpoint, and Tom Brady's a fucking quarterback, so let's so let's go from there. I I like the installing the the instilling the physicality into the game. I totally get that, but they're just not good at it. I don't know what to say. Like they're just not any good at it. But I, I think I, I think they can be, and I think that's the thing that's missing. Honestly, like I, I like I'll stand on the, uh, this is a hill to die on for me. Like I really feel like they can throw the ball. Like we've seen them do it like 50, 60 times a game. And when they're down, win. when they're down because exactly. they've been running the ball too much early. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, there's context matters, man. Like I see that Brady is, I think, second or third in the league in passing yards. And that just blows my mind from watching the actual games, right? Because yeah. there's no way you would, you could, you could determine, like you would never think that. But it's because they've been down in so many games. And I know also this is, like you know, as a as a preamble or whatever, this is if they're a contender. We're coming at this topic from if they are a contender, totally. not can they improve a little bit or be better. I'm saying, can they actually beat these like four theoretically four good teams in a row to 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 make the Super Bowl or to win a Super Bowl? That's where I'm coming from, right? No, do I think and- they can do what they're doing and get to ten and seven and win the division? Yeah, they probably can based on that Seattle game almost alone with how good the offensive line played and how good Rashad White looked, right? But they're, they're going to have to win different games. You're going to have to come from behind. You're going to have to win on the road. Like, you got to be able to mix it up. You got to be able to do it in different ways. So that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm coming from this standpoint of we went through this, this – to this point in the season, basically every Tim Bay Buccaneers fan is saying, let's abandon the run. I'm not saying – that you need to run the ball more, but I think that you need to run the ball consistently and effectively to be a contender. Like, I, I don't think that they're, they need to like not air out the ball. Like, of course they need to, they need yeah. big explosive plays, but I don't think they become a contender if the running game is a once in every nine weeks, we're good at running the ball. Like I agree. They need to be better at running the ball in order to win games. And like, yeah. And the that's threat, just, the threat needs to exist. Yeah, and maybe maybe the change to white, you know, checks that box. Honestly, maybe it's as simple as that. Hey, I'm not a big run the ball guy, but I'm a Michigan fan. I don't mind it because they get seven yards on every play. 
You know yeah. what I mean? If you can do it, do it. The point, yeah. the point why I'm like, it's more exciting to watch people throw the ball, but it's more efficient. Generally speaking, if you're, totally. if you're blowing, blowing guys up off the line of scrimmage and just pounding it for six yards every time, that's totally you're fine. Winning, just you're winning basically every exactly, football game if you're doing exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And then that's a different level of efficiency. But you gotta you have to be able to do that, right? So yeah, I, I hear you. I hear where you're coming from. No, and and I think I think that's what it, for me, like running the ball, the running game, establishing that, it's not it can't be the give turn around, give it to Lenny and let him like Yes, the creator patter in the backfield and but, not get any yards. It needs to be weird shit like we're running a wildcat. We're giving yeah. it to Rashad White to cut back. We're giving it to Julio Jones on a fucking jet sweep. Like it uh, needs to be sophisticated and it needs to be effective. Hundred percent agree, and I I love that with White as well because if you have him in the game, if they're in the gun, then yeah. you know maybe he's coming out of the backfield in the flat to catch a pass. Maybe you can just give him a quick pitch and let him get out on the edge because he's faster than Letty, right? Like exactly. that. As much as my like consternation about like all the runs on first down, it's I think it's less the fact that it's running on first down and more that it's the same fucking thing every single time. The that's fact my, that's a that's negative the, play. Yeah, yeah. yeah or the, just the, the point. The, the point that is not for a gain. Like it's you're not gaining yeah. more than two yards, three yards max. Like it's just not enough. So whatever it is that's getting you the, these, putting you in second and third and longs, you need to change. It, ultimately, yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. But my thing is like, do you think that they can air out the ball and like their running game be worse or stay the same? No, Bo, like, you're right. The averages no. right now. No, I like, th- I think it took us a while to get to the conclusion, uh, yeah. but I think you laid it out. M- much more efficiently there which is all what you want you want a more efficient run game so that because yeah. then they'll all work together and i don't disagree with that at all scott yeah. what about what about you man what do you think what what needs to happen for the bucks to become contenders this season uh two things for me so health they yeah. need to get fully healthy because you know we've talked about how many guys they have and how many and how deep they are and theoretically like you know the pro bowlers and all pros people who have been in that situation on the roster but they all have to be playing at the same time and they all have to be playing well. So get everyone tuned up kind of now, right? Like post by, I know there's still seven regular season games left. There's a lot of time, but let's get everyone clicking. Um, second thing, host the first playoff game. You have, obviously, I mean, they're probably not going to be a wild card. So basically if they make the playoffs, it's going to be if they win the division. Right. So I guess that goes hand in hand, but still um, that's what we need because they got to win that first game. I think they're they're more suited to do it at home. And third, we need – I mean, this all stems to – this is an offshoot of what we were just talking about. We need Leftwich to be better, or we need the the, the, the brain trust in general to be better. Um, more creative. They just need to be more interesting, yeah. More, more interesting, creative, more, interesting. more creative, more decisive. Uh, like, I think Brady's been pretty good, right? Like, he's Dude. been pretty – pretty fucking good all Brady's things considered awesome yeah like yeah for sure all things considered like that was his worst game maybe in germany but um besides that there's been a lot of drop balls there's been a lot of balls hitting guys in fucking chest right so yeah he's about to lock in i'll tell you right now brady's yeah. about to lock in he's gonna yeah, i think so too that's yeah. a long flight home from germany for brady oh my god yeah um but those are my main things man health um winning this division and 
and, and seeing something from Leftwich. Uh, like, yeah. just like, well, well, we, we saw, have to. We saw something from him in Seattle, and I know there were lots of ugly spots, but he was calling a better game than what he we did. Seen. Let's be real, like quite he a bit did. better. Like I was like, he really that, did that first half. I was into it. I was like, oh shit, is he doing it now? Is he finally changing his ways? Um, that the other one that pass was. He was drunk. There was a hundred percent chance that he was drunk for that. It's one. like he planned that like the week before. Oh. It was like, oh, we'll run it once, and then three plays later, we'll. <laughs> well, they ran end. it the previous time. No one went out and, and went with Brady, so yeah. I got to assume they told Lenny. Yeah, I don't throw care it. if you can if see no it or not. Over there. Throw yeah. it. Yeah. You, you know who else noticed? No one was over there with Brady. The fucking Seahawks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're like, oh yeah, okay, well we'll do it next time. Like, yeah, seriously. Um, the only other thing that I want to say is actually really big for this, I think, for the Bucks to be contenders again, is they need to shore up the run defense. And I yes, don't think it's yes. a matter of personnel. Like, they don't need new bodies. They got everyone they need. It's been an identity of this team throughout the Todd Bowles era. And if they're going to find themselves and get back to being the contenders that they have been the last two years, that they should be on paper, it's going to have to involve them improving – their run defense. They have all the weapons to do it. And, you know, it's everyone getting on the same page. Todd Bowles calling a better game, whatever the hell it is, playing as a group, um, executing the scheme, executing the play calls on a play-to-play basis. They need to stop the run. And, and look, yeah. look at who they can play in the playoffs. Eagles, you got the Jalen Hurts factor. He's very hard to stop. The Niners, pick – Pick which running threat, right? You know what I mean? The Dallas running attack is good with the Zeke-Pollard 1-2 combo, right? So, like, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. If the matchup specific in the playoffs, especially against those teams, they're, they're just going to have to do it. They're going to have to. I think they can, though. To be fair, I have all the confidence in the world in the defense. Like, as, yeah. as pessimistic yeah. as I am in the offense changing, I'm always, like, I always expect the defense to play well or at least figure it out, so feels like way more of an outlier the way that this defense has performed mm-hmm. like a week-to-week basis really so um, my fear is the bucks fan in me the fear uh, as a bucks fan is like the all of a sudden after this bye the bucks are going to be like the best team defending the run and then they're just going to be giving up tons of yards in pass cover in coverage and like because <laughs> they've been phenomenal in that regard i think yeah like they've they've exceeded what i expected going in this year and they've dealt with injuries on the back end shout yeah. out shout out good friend of the show Josh Capo, don't give lefty a pass. Hey, Scott did a great job breezing over the left witch thing, Josh, because the last few episodes that we've gone done here without ear presence, which we're due for another visit from old JQ, um, we've just been hammering on left witch way too much. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to just give the audience a little break here, yeah. focus on some that's other what, things. Yeah, that's why I just said we need we just need him to be better. I, I thought we could just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, thanks, Josh. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, Fuck. we need we need Capo back in the building. We've only referenced this this bastard each of the last few episodes. So <laughs> we've been giving you free promos when you haven't been around, Josh. Um, and over at, at Pewter Report, um, Josh and Matt Matt Matera drafted their all time Buccaneers. Everyone should check out that that episode. It's pretty cool going back and forth, uh, creating their rosters and uh, go vote who is better over at Pewter Report. But not until you first checked out BucksGameDay.com, the only Sports <laughs> Illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, wow. What a pro. Uh, yes. It anyway. Really anyway. Back, I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. The bye week, man, first off, the 1 p.m. games were shit. 
Like I was oh. so bored and I was just like, Oh man, I'm excited for some yeah. Buccaneers football. Um, you know, versus the Browns. Hopefully that field is repaired in time. Um, yeah. Lace so God, boys. I got a green, I got a, a pretty full green light last Sunday to watch football from one until four. And I bet on the Texans and the Patriots. So I had those both. I had the commanders Texans game on one TV and the, in the new England jets game on the other. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm I, honestly at halftime, I'm starting to reassess things. I'm like, all right, maybe I should go to law school. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Like it was, it was unbelievable, honestly, dude. And then I was like, these are the teams I picked. I actually, I didn't have a gun to my head. I actually chose them with my own free will. Like these are the, and these are the games I'm watching. It was tough. It was a tough scene. I'm going to be that, honest. That Jets Pats game. I don't know. Oh, you must've been the only person that left that game and went back to that game. I, I was sick. I almost puked. And then, of course, they, I had New England minus three and a half, and they returned the touchdown to yeah. to cover, which was the miracle cover of all covers. I <laughs> had a, obviously it looked like he was going to go to overtime. There's no way either of those teams were scoring. Seriously, a touchdown. like yeah. there's no chance. I, I I was looking at the tie. Like, what can I get a line on what the tie is going to be? On oh yeah, game? probably if it if it went to overtime, I think uh, the tie option comes up on the. Wait, it would have been. But, Wait, not interception, punt return, right? Wasn't it a punt, punt return? Did I say interception? I think yeah. so. I don't know. Oh, I, sorry, punt return. Which yeah, is even return. even crazier. That was wild. I caught that because they went to it from whatever game I was watching before. Yeah. Well, the poor Jets punter had punted so many times, yeah. and the Patriots almost got to him, so we let go a bit of a line drive, which obviously that gives them the opportunity to return it, but it was a bomb still. And then, of course, that guy, first punt return uh, of the season in the NFL, right, at that in that game, it was it was it was poetic. It was unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. a rookie. He's a rookie. Big moment for him. Yeah, that was huge. I was going nuts. And uh, based based on the numbers, Jalen Darden's actually been uh, speaking of unproven return men, uh, young guys in the league. He's he's been he's been trending upward. Actually, a little bit more of a threat back there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like, he still he still looks like he's a junior at a junior high dance, dressed up as a football player, like <laughs> on an NFL field, but. Uh, he's he's a little slippery. I just you know, it yeah. is not, dude. If you get the chance to return a kick and you can get it out to the thirty-five and basically like steal a first down, for example, like that's a huge advantage, right? Like that yeah. really helps. So Be- better way to look at it. And if anything, it speaks to the lack of impact that m- most teams are getting from their return game. I mean, you know, this again. Shout out to Cordell Patterson, by the way. Oh yeah, I know. Shout out, but uh, that was cool to see him run one back. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. He I love is. that guy. Okay, on that note, folks, I think we've hit on everything we promised we would. We've just, we we believe the Bucks can be contenders again, and we told you what they need to do for that to happen. Um, what about what about score predictions for this week? Ooh, okay, yeah, I can blow the lead. We're we're, we're putting out our scoregami or what? We're putting out our game day predictions tomorrow, so I actually have to submit one right after this. Um, I think the Bucks are going to win. I'm going to say 24-14. Okay, I had 24-17. I was literally, literally going to say 24-17. What a, yeah, I'll, I think that feels I'm gonna right. Say, I'm going to say 17-10. Okay, so the offensive explosion continues. We're running the ball, baby. Nick oh, Chubb, Chad yeah. White, all yeah. day. Oh my god! 
All right. Well, anyone who who is a loyal listener or joining us for the first time, uh, please make sure you're subscribed to the Bucks Banter YouTube channel. And like I said, make sure you're checking out Bucks Game Day for all of our written work. And we will be touching touching back in with y'all next week, hopefully after a Buccaneers win. Bucks are traveling to Cleveland 1 p.m. on Sunday. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your week. Go Bucks.